We just tryna close up the wealth gap. Get to this generational wealth, bet that. We gon' lift off like a jetpack. Time to tune in, not just speaking real facts. Right here is everything you need. This ain't no get rich quick thing. Create your own economy. Cause we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Create your own economy let's get ahead of the crypto curve yeah learn from the queen of crypto your host Nadja roberts leading people out of financial slavery through bitcoin and cryptocurrency create your own economy let's get ahead of the crypto curve learn to get left behind Hello, 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 everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. Today is Tuesday, February the 7th, and what a great day it is. I am having an incredible time because there's so many great things to share with each and every one of you today. So we're going to start off really quickly by acknowledging the birthdays of our cryptopians. So first off, we have Amin Israel L and Adrian Narjanjo, Erica Bennett, Tara McKinney, and Spencer Bruce. I just want to say happy birthday to each and every one of you. If you are listening and you want your birthday shot out on this radio show, please do me a favor and send a text message to 424 317-7373-424-317-7373. And I will give you a shout out on your birthday. But I hope to all of you that your day is just absolutely phenomenal. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are in our Black Futures Month. Black everything. I say black everything this month. So I just want to say that we are honoring Kimberly Booker. And Sinclair Skinner on this day today. And just a little bit about both of them without going too deep. Both of these individuals hail from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. And they are absolute, just absolute gems in our community. So first and foremost, Kimberly Booker. She is a part of an organization right now that is called BTC Impact. BTC Impact is a mining company and they get the old mining machines from some of the mining companies and they're going around getting these mining machines put into our HBCUs. And the reason that they're doing that is so that they can have an income coming in And they can also teach their students about how to take care of the mining machines and 
program and do all those things in hopes that they are able to really uh, hunker down and learn about this new emerging technologies. But before that, I mean, Kimberly is so extraordinary. Um, She has an organization um, that she named after her son, her late young son. His name is Alexander. And uh, she helps keep kids in the community safe. And so she has a passion for making sure that children are, you know, accounted for and heard and all of those things. And she is just an incredible mother and a grandmother. And so uh, she's in this Bitcoin space and she is a champion for our youth, especially at the HBCUs. And so we're thankful to God for her. And then we have Sinclair Skinner. Now, when I met or heard about Sinclair Skinner, he was jumping in and out of an RV, going to the HBCUs, screaming from the hilltops to all of the presidents at the HBCUs that they needed to start to hold Bitcoin in their portfolio. Well, ladies and gentlemen, had they listened to him back In 2010, 2011, our HBCUs will be doing better than some of our Ivy League colleges right now. And that is real because they would have got Bitcoin when it was around a dollar or two dollars because Sinclair Skinner was boots on the ground trying to get the presidents to understand that this new money was going to do something phenomenal. And it hasn't reached its potential, but it darn sure has gotten much higher than $2 when they were originally petitioned to start in this cryptocurrency space, in this Bitcoin space. And so Sinclair Skinner, I don't know if you all remember last year, at the beginning of the year when this whole Ukraine-Russia war started, Sinclair Skinner was one of the individuals who cashed in a little bit of his Bitcoin and he went over there to Ukraine to demand that they let black folks on the trains, just like they were letting uh, dogs and some of the other individuals out of the country. And so he went over there to be a champion and he was able to do that because he was he is has been financially secure because he started with Bitcoin so early and just really a champion for our community. He hosts every year. It's called the Black Blockchain Summit. He does all of that out of pocket. He does not ask for sponsorship because he doesn't want to be beholding to anyone. And I've watched what he has done and what he has accomplished in that respect. And really, uh, a couple of the things that I do in this space are because of what Sinclair Skinner has shown by example. And so I'm so forever grateful to that brother for just really opening up and sharing, you know, his sentiments and what uh, what we should be doing to really just follow in his footsteps and and being blackity black black. That is what I will say about Sinclair Skinner. He has no uh, he was one of the first people that I can tell you in this space that was saying he was unapologetically black. And so I really appreciate him. I appreciate Kimberly Booker and all they do in this space. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we'll jump into the cryptocurrency conversation because we definitely have a lot to talk about today. This is KBLA Talk 1580. 
In a moment. In a moment. More with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Well, we have a whole lot to talk about, but I'm going to go ahead with my quote for the day. And I just got to give you a little bit of a backstory of the inspiration. I've been having a couple of conversations with individuals that know that my husband and I are ex-financial advisors on purpose and really just asking me the motivation behind their advisors and why they're not advising them to get into cryptocurrency. In fact, uh, telling them to run the entire total different direction. And so um, another the day we'll have a, a, a real in-depth conversation about commissions and things that go on with financial advisors. Um, but when I finally finished talking to one of the young ladies, she was just basically telling me that her husband just would, would prefer to allow their financial future to lay in the hands of the financial advisor. And so as I thought about that over the last 24 hours in that conversation, I came up with this quote, people prefer to allow advisors to provide theory savings because it involves them having no more real financial responsibility than a game of checkers. Theory saving permits people to fill us if they are doing something serious and important. But at the end of the day, when some of these people retire, they will wish they had chosen real facts over theory that was not even based on real history. And so I am saying to each and every one of you, history repeats itself over and over again but we're in such a different situation right now here in this united states we're treading on waters that we've never been through before and so nobody actually knows what is going to go forward what's going to happen everything is just totally different than everything that we've ever known and so as we look at the stock market crashes as we listen and I say listen to people that are are talking about 401ks and some of those things ladies and gentlemen with or without the markets going and being in a tizzy there is a huge problem with some of the savings mechanisms that we've been taught to carry and to hold and to continue to put money in. And so for that, I will just say proceed with caution and understand what is actually going on in our space. And that leads me into uh, a conversation that the CEO of Bank of America just had yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, Bank of America CEO Brian Moyanhan said on Monday that Bank of America, the second largest bank in America, is preparing for the United States to default on debt after um, surpassing what they have as a borrowing limit last month. Lawmakers are actually locked into talks about whether the the lift of the debt ceiling will be okay. Republicans are insisting on spending cuts before the deal 
can be even passed and before they will allow for this actual uh, raise in the limit is struck. And so that's a big, huge problem. Now, I know none of us can really conceptualize what it looks like and what that means if they don't reach this deal to push up the ceiling of the debt limit. But let me say this to each and every one of you. The reason why nobody, and I'm saying no, I'm saying nobody, and I don't mean nobody. I'm just going to say the general public is not worried about the raising of the ceiling debt and all these other things that have happened because typically they come to some sort of agreement at the last minute, or it takes them a day or two to come up with these uh, agreements so that the government won't shut down and all these other things never have taken place because of the fact that they come up with a deal. And so I think in the minds of most Americans, we feel like they figured it out before and everything has kept going in the past. So there's really nothing at all to worry about. But there's a difference, ladies and gentlemen. In past times, especially when President Obama was in office, I know that a lot of us started paying a little closer attention to politics and things of that sort. And we would always hear that the government is going to shut down on Friday and then maybe Thursday at midnight, they come up with the deal and everything mm -hmm. is okay. And you hear nothing else about any problems that the government may be having. And I'm just saying on the surface level, but never in history have we been coming out of a pandemic where there have been millions and trillions of dollars that have been pumped into the market to help keep the stock market going. Never in history have we been in a position where so many things are coming together at one time. And I talk about all the time, this being the perfect storm and not even in a good way. There's just so many different things that are happening and ascending down on our economy at the same time is going to make it relatively difficult for us to really get ourselves out of the situation that we're in. And so what the quote is from Mr. Moy Hinnan is we have to be prepared for this crisis that the economics are warning of in this financial crisis if the default does occur. We have to be prepared for that. Not only in this country, he stated, but in other countries around the world. You hope it doesn't happen, but hope is not a strategy. So you prepare for it. And that is his exact quote. We have to be prepared for that because not only is it going to happen in this country, but in other countries around the world. You hope it doesn't happen. And I'm going to repeat it again. Hope, ladies and gentlemen, is not a strategy. Absolutely not a strategy. And what I don't want our con community to continue to do is hope that they have enough money when it's time to retire. Hope that their Social Security is going to be there when it's supposed to be there. Hope 
that you still have money in the bank because you're told that it's safe there. Hope that you're able to put your hands on the gold that you actually purchased that somebody else is keeping for you in a vault. All of these hopes are really, really something that pushes many of us to look outside of the things that we have been used to and get invested in something that we actually control because we cannot continue to hope specifically in our community. We can't hope that the wealth gap is going to close. If we don't take any massive action, there is going to be no wealth gap closing because there's no way to obtain that. There is just there are no jobs that are going to help our youth and even our, you know, people in the 20s and 30s, like really sustain themselves. And God forbid the children coming out of high school and college right now, we've got to do something different. We've got to add to uh, our arsenal of tools and we've got to really take heed to things that we hear and see when they're happening. And so, again, not to create this public panic, but if the second largest bank in America is preparing for a, a crisis, a financial crisis, then we need to be really paying attention and figuring out what we could possibly do to ensure that we're not caught up in the middle of all of these things. But that was actually stated on CNN. And um, the U.S. had a borrowing limit of thirty one point four trillion dollars, thirty one point four trillion dollars. And they hit that in January. Ladies and gentlemen, this will be the first time in history that if we do not um, if we're not able to cure what's going on with our debt, we're going to be in some spectacular problems. I'm just going to say that. And Janet Yellen has been using the same words over and over. She's taking extraordinary measures to help the government pay its bills. And the fix is expected to last sometime until this summer. So, not only is Bank of America saying they need to brace themselves and they need to plan, but she's already telling you all that sometime this summer, her extraordinary measures may fall through or that's as long as she's going to be able to stretch this. And so uh, the White House and many Democratic Democrats are really pray, pushing right now to raise this borrowing limit very quickly and as you all know that they're just deadlocked because the republicans are pressing for spending cuts and some other conditions that they need to actually raise this ceiling and if the lawmakers don't take action to lift the debt ceiling the country will default for the first time in history so this is going to be a very interesting year for all of us. And so I am really uh, asking each and every one of you as you go throughout your day, as you go throughout your week, that you're constantly thinking about being as frivolous. Um, uh, you know, you don't you don't have you just you just need really need to think about what you're spending on. And I had a conversation actually yesterday was someone that is from an organization where they have black 
products and things of that sort. And they asked me to be a champion for, you know, buying black products. Absolutely, I will. But what I don't want our community to do is buy things that they don't actually need right now. Now, yes, you need soap and toothpaste and some of these other things, but as it relates to just all the extra things, I think this is not the right time to really be pushing a narrative that we need to be spending because we need to be saving more than we are spending, especially right now. And I've been talking this same talk for a very long time and people have been scratching their head because it hasn't really hit most of our households the way we think it would have. And, and I'm glad about that. But again, because there's been so much money pushed back into the market, a lot of us are not feeling it. And once that dries up, up we definitely need to understand that everybody has to really tighten down and really brace ourselves for the potential default uh, I went to the gas station just this morning gas was almost close to six dollars a gallon and um, that coupled with food prices coupled with uh, gas bills I mean right here in Inglewood I was having a conversation with some of the employees in the city of Inglewood, and they're talking about the, their gas prices at their residence. And I'm talking about natural gas to turn on your stove and all of those things. Everybody's bills have doubled, if not tripled. How are they going to continue on this financial trajectory for to save if everything that you're making is going back out the door? And they were trying to figure out if it's just residential or if it's commercial because our commercial bills are at our businesses are worse than they've ever been. But definitely, I didn't know that the residents were really having all of these same problems as it relates to gas bills and things of that sort. And so it's just a time, ladies and gentlemen, to really think twice, maybe three times about some of the things that we're doing as it relates to spending and as it relates to saving and who you're actually listening to and what advice that they're giving you. And I will say to each and every one of you, again, as an ex-financial advisor on purpose, I absolutely love helping individuals, love helping families, but you really have to take a look at the motives right now of everybody that is telling you something. If people have something to gain by getting you involved in some of their products and services, really take a look at it. Look at the fine print. Don't just take everybody's word for whatever it is that they're selling or trying to make sure that you're being a part of. Just you've really got to do your due diligence. You cannot allow yourself to fall into partially what I just said in the quote. And that's a theory of savings because what worked in the past is not necessarily going to work in 2024, 2025 and beyond because everything we know is changing so ladies and gentlemen when we come forward after news sports and traffic we will jump into our market update and there's some interesting things happening in the cryptocurrency space this is kbla talk 1580 we may be la's newest talk station but when you're punching above your weight it's not about whether you can throw a punch can 
you take a punch? We're unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. And we don't black down. RP. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. Well, the first thing we are going to talk about is the price of Bitcoin and a couple of the crypto currencies right now. Bitcoin is all green. It is trading at $23,243. It is up in the last hour, 0.22%. And in the last 24 hours, 1.1%. In the last seven days, 1.2%. And Ethereum is all green as well. It's trading at $1,667, up 0.28% in the last hour, 1.4% in the last 24 hours, and 5.8% in the last seven days. And as we look down our charts, we see that most of the coins are pretty much doing the same thing. There's a couple that have a couple of little bit of red, but for the most part, again, everything is following suit with what Bitcoin is doing. And so as we look at this cryptocurrency space, we are seeing that New York as of uh, the end of last month, there is actually an assembly bill that has been introduced so that cryptocurrency payments for bills and fines and taxes are allowed. So the bill clarifies that the state agencies can legally agree to accept cryptocurrency payments and that these agreements should be enforced by the courts. And I'm not sure if this is they're going to find people and try to grab their cryptocurrency or they're just allowing people to pay. I don't know. Either way, a bill was introduced by the New York State Assembly and it's going to allow these agencies to really accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment. And so, as you all know, the governor of New York has not been cryptocurrency friendly. However, there are several mayors uh, that are in the state in the state of New York in different cities and different boroughs, you know, that are interested in cryptocurrency. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out because it has been criticized or New York has been criticized for being very restrictive. They want everyone that does business in New York to hold a bit license and it requires, um, just a lot of different things. They actually banned cryptocurrency mining in the state of New York, and they were the first state to do this. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this push and pull is going to is going to work. And we just don't know what's going to happen since the governor is so the government itself is really hostile to cryptocurrency. So it'll be interesting. And there's another exchange in New York that uh, we deal with, and it's called Blockquake. And those gentlemen, our brothers and sisters that are there, they are really doing everything that they can to be in compliant and cl- be compliant with what the state of New York is requiring. And they're actually even headquartered on Wall Street. And so they created an exchange so that they would be able to be in compliance 
right away with New York, but New York hasn't been friendly to them either. So it'll be interesting to see what is going on. And the next story is one that just seems like it won't go away. But ironically, this is what I asked the question of you all last week. And I asked, why is it that FTX and Sam Bankman Freed's attorneys are asking for the money donated to poor people to be returned instead of asking for the politicians to turn in or refund the donations that were given to them so that they could get into these political offices. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Trouble Cryptocurrency Exchange, FTX, is asking political figures and groups to return the donations linked to the former CEO Sam Bankman-Fried and other FTX executives by the end of February. They're not giving them a long time to do this, but FTX is sending confidential notices to political figures. Now, let me tell you why they're sending confidential notices because if names got out as to who was in bed with FTX you all would be absolutely flabbergasted I just I just I just already know it is going to be huge which is why the cryptocurrency space is really trying to uncover who bailed Sam Bankman freed out because I think behind finding out who bailed him out, you'll see some political figures and some individuals that are tied to them. But anyway, political action groups and other recipients of his contributions and payments have been trying to get around paying the money back because they were just ordered to do it last week. And so what they started doing was they actually started donating to other nonprofit organizations so that they don't have to pay back the donation that was given to them. But listen to this. FTX debtors or uh, debtors are reviewing $93 million in political donations made between March 2020 and November 2022, according to the court documents filed in January. Ladies and gentlemen, a whopping $93 million went to political donations. So that kind of tells you who (laughs) I'm just going to tell you, this is getting ready to be a whole heap of mess. And the more and more things unfold, the more and more we find out that the Democratic National Committee, along with party key Senate and House campaign committees, actually got this money. And um This is going to be something, but I don't know how long they're going to be able to hold on to these confidential names and these individual lawmakers who receive these donations. But I'm sure it is going to come out. But that is definitely not going to stop the bankruptcy lawyers from seeking and clawing back funds. And so they're saying even if these politicians uh, try to do something else to circumvent paying it back they are going to be clawing to get it back. And so eventually what I feel like is going to happen is that the recipients are going to be cautioned to make the payment or, um, or they're going to, 
disclose their names. And I think that's what's going to wind up happening because that's a lot of money to be given back uh, with just a few people. And I'm going to say a few people, a few organizations, because it's not a whole lot of individuals. Um, But this is definitely getting bigger and more interesting. And so I will be definitely staying on my anticipatory tiptoes to see if any names come out that we actually know. So ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we will continue the cryptocurrency conversation. I have a couple of questions that individuals have asked me about and I think we need to spend a little time making sure that everyone is settled and and really not worrying about what happens if they self-custody their cryptocurrency so when we come forward we will continue the cryptocurrency conversation this is KBLA talk 1580 New money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. And so we have a lot to talk about because someone asked a very good question and I've helped several families. So I'm going to go through this give ourselves just a little bit of time and we may have to have an entire show on this. But someone asked, how do I pass my crypto on to my loved ones in the event that something happens to me? And I am suggesting that you include a highly detailed set of instructions on a wheel or um, really have some great conversations with your next of kin as to where your private seed words are, how to get a hold of them when they need them, and really appointing someone, one of your children, one of your nieces and nephews that are crypto savvy um, to understand what you're doing and that you do have some sort of uh, cryptocurrency assets. And I say it all the time. I definitely am making sure that my children are aware of what's going on as it relates to the cryptocurrency space so that they know what to look for and how to look for it. So the average cryptocurrency investor obviously probably isn't planning on passing away as and it's the same as regular money, right? Nobody intends to pass away. But when you do pass away in the traditional sense, you're able to go to the bank with the death certificate and some other things and actually get access to monies that are sitting in the bank. Well, if you happen to pass away with the cryptocurrency and you haven't given anybody your C words and nobody really knows where to look or how to look, um, it believes it it winds up being that uh, they're going to lose access to all of the hard earned cryptocurrency that you've actually collected. So you need to have some essential things in place to know who your administrator is, how proficient um, they need to be with dealing with the cold wallets. Hopefully it's not in a hot wallet, which is on an exchange um, and and also understanding on your cell phone, what the two factor authenticators look like and all of those things. But it's important to understand that um, there are some problems that could happen. 
excuse me, if if you pass and no one has access to getting into your wallets to get your cryptocurrency. So those C phrases can be split among family members. That's what a lot of people think. And I don't think it's such a great job because if one of those family members decides not to cooperate with the other family members, then nobody gets anything. And so we've got to make sure that we plan properly. If you know your children, you know their attitudes, you know how they function. It's not a good idea to split up those words among those children because it can be detrimental to everyone. And so as we learn about crypto inheritance, it is great to really sit down with someone that knows exactly what you can do in this space to ensure that everyone has access to those digital assets later. And so that is one of the first things that I would say. The other thing is getting a, what we call a multi signature platform, which means maybe they need your cell phone. Um, maybe they need to be able to get access on your computer if something happens to you, but then there's a organization that holds the third key or the fourth key so that you at least have two different ways to come in and get your cryptocurrency. And so it's called multi-signature. And one of the companies that I use is called Casa and Casa is great. (coughs) Casa is a great organization to utilize, to get your uh, multi-signature wallets. Again, I don't get paid for pushing Casa, but I think it's a great platform for individuals to utilize for specifically this thing. And so as we look at trying to make sure that our affairs are in order, it's critically important because right now we only have $6 worth of Satoshis that we're putting away. But in the very near future, if that becomes millions and millions of dollars, we've got to make sure that we're doing the right thing to make sure that our heirs are able to actually access those things. And so everybody's situation is different, but I caution you about leaving it on an exchange for fear that your family won't have access to it. Because the bottom line is the exchange doesn't have to give it to them either because it maybe wasn't left in your your uh, trust documents or your will or all of those things. So there's everybody has a different situation, as I stated before. And you really need to get with someone that understands cryptocurrency assets and someone um, that understands taxes because tax implications are different in every single state or every single country depending on where you are, where they are, and some of the cryptocurrency assets that will be handed down, hounded down, depending on where they're coming from, you're going to be liable for those inheritance taxes. So they may also be liable for capital gains. And on certain exchanges, they're not even going to give your heirs that Bitcoin, if something happens to you or the cryptocurrency, if something happens to you and they've written it in the fine print. And so what it is estimated 
that millions of dollars thus far have been lost because seed words have been taken to the grave with those individuals that did not talk to their family about the fact that they had cryptocurrency and how to go back and reconstruct an account. So when we come forward, we'll jump into our daily dollar cost average. And I'm going to share with you some of the websites that have just gone live so that you can get some of the information that you need for 2023 moving forward. We've got a lot of great things that are going to happen and we want to make sure that you have access to them. When we come forward, this is KBLA talk 1580. You're linked to the midday money chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA talk 1580. And night. Less BS per broadcast. Fewer microaggressions per megawatt. KBLA talk 1580. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I may mention of a couple of things that are happening in this cryptocurrency space. And so we decided to do something incredible. You know, I'm all about educating, but I'm all about making sure that our community is together, not just here in the United States, but all around the world. And so we have made a decision to change the destination for our cryptocurrency cruise. And ladies and gentlemen, we will be headed to Haiti. Yes, you heard that correct. We are taking a cryptocurrency cruise to Haiti because I got some work to do. So I'm going to work at the same time that we are educating and at the same time that we're relaxing. And so we'll be getting that information out to each and every one of you. But also uh, we are starting as of tomorrow to plan for our digital financial revolution tour 2023. So I'm excited about that. You can go to the DFRtour.com again, the DFRtour.com, and you can find out about the tour. I'm going to make sure that you get the cruise information because it is going to be first come, first serve. It's limited as to the amount of people that we can have on board because we have to block those rooms off. But we'll make sure you get the information. And also our website for aheadofthecryptocurve.com is up. Aheadofthecryptocurve.com. You can listen in to some of the things that we've been talking about. And so some of the things that we've also been sharing. So I'm excited about that. But ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to do our daily dollar cost average. And you know, I say a DCA a day pushes and keeps poverty away. So we are going to dollar cost average our six dollars worth of Satoshis today. No matter where you get it, it's all about access. Just make sure you are buying just a little bit of Satoshis. A Satoshi is the smallest increment of a Bitcoin. And you're going to have to do that on your own because time flies when we're having fun. And so, ladies and gentlemen, do not touch that dial. Next up, we are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me today on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. I'm your host, Naja Roberts, and we are creating Satoshi Millionaires one day at a time, one family at a time one bitcoin at a time one satoshi at a time and ladies and gentlemen that means you you're listening to naja roberts on the head of the crypto curve please follow her on all social media platforms at naja roberts no underscores no dots no numbers just naja roberts let's close the wealth gap it's our turn learn or get left behind create your own economy. 
KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.